Hello, STEM Nation. Jeff here, and welcome to episode number 53 of STEM on Fire, where we interview practicing professionals in the area of science, technology, engineering, and math to help guide students interested in STEM careers. If you like what you hear, please share it with a friend. Now let's get fired up with our guest, Allie, and I hope our chat will help ignite your passion towards a STEM career. Allie Torben earned a Bachelor of Science in Mathematics with a minor in Computer Information Systems from James Madison University and is currently a technical product manager at State of Place, which is a predictive analytics company which quantifies what people love about places. She's also creator and host of the podcast Data Viz Today. Welcome to the show, Allie. Fill in any gaps and share a bit of your personal life. Oh, thanks for having me, Jeff. Um, that bio was perfect. Um, my personal life, I'm currently living in the DC metro area with my husband and two girls, four and two. So things are a little bit chaotic, but that's me right now. Yep, sounds chaotic. A four and a two-year-old. My kids are, I think, like 21 and 20. I'd have to confirm that. But yeah, they're getting old. <laughs> So, so Al, you've got a mathematics degree and also a minor in computer information systems. How important was having that computer information systems along with a mathematics degree? Oh, I think it was really important. Um, I learned some programming in my math degree, um, but the computer information systems, it's kind of like, I would describe it as computer science light. It was uh, more business oriented. So I learned um, uh, some accounting. I learned um, some visual basic, like more business type programming. So I think it, it really helped. It helped more than I thought it would. Yeah, so STEM Nation, the reason I wanted to bring that up is because I've talked to some students that um, didn't really realize the difference between computer information systems and computer science. So, Ella, could you explain a little bit more detail the difference between maybe a computer science degree and then the computer information side? Sure. The computer science, as I understand it, is more focused on um, learning different languages and um, more computer architecture, that kind of thing. And computer information systems, it was actually part of the business school at JMU. And they they focused more on doing projects that were real life. Like I learned about databases and um, how people would use a database in a business to um, run day-to-day -day things. And um, it was just more using using software and technology in from a business perspective. So, Ellie, if you did not have the computer information systems and looking at your resume, you've done a lot in the, I'll say in the IT space. Mm -hmm. If you didn't have the computer information systems kind of minor and you just had a straight mathematics degree, what type of job opportunities would there be available for you? With just a math degree? Well, honestly, I think I could have I could have done exactly what I'm doing now with just a math degree. I think it just saved me some time, you know, having to run through tutorials or teaching myself or learning from someone else things about databases and more programming. But honestly, when you're on the job and you need to do a certain project and you need to know a certain language or a script or something, you can just Google it and or someone else will teach you or you go through a tutorial. So honestly, I don't think that um, my opportunities would have changed um, just because the internet is so vast. Now <laughs> you can find anything that you need to. But um, it definitely, the computer information systems definitely did give me a um, like a leg up to um, learning that learning um, some skills 
that were applicable on the job, but I, I could have learned them anyway. So it, it is useful, but I don't think it really changes your, in my experience, your career opportunities. And State of Place, it's a predictive analytics company. Could you explain to STEM Nation what predictive analytics is? Sure. Basically, pulling in information and trying to uh, forecast it out and predict um, what a future future scenario would look like. And State of Place is a startup company. And that's mm-hmm. another reason I want to talk to you, Allie, is because mm-hmm. you're working for a startup and you've also worked for some some companies that have been established. Mm-hmm. What are some of the differences between a startup and a, and a traditional company that's been you know in business for a number of years? Well, the number one thing that I love about startup life is that I get to wear a lot of different hats. Like in um, when I was working for a government contractor, CACI, you know, they have thousands of employees and they've been established for years. So, you know, they hire you for a particular role and you're expected to do that role, uh, which is great. Um, but with a startup, you know, I was having my I was doing my project, you know, my um my technical product manager role. But then, you know, I was also writing blog posts and doing marketing and, um, you know, helping, helping with hiring and mentoring interns. And it's just a wonderful opportunity to kind of get a really, um, broad view of what it's like to, um, to have a business. So I think it, it, it's been really fun for me to be able to see, uh, what other aspects of running a business are interesting to me. Like I never knew that I would be into marketing. Um, but, uh, getting the chance to, to, um, try that has been really interesting to me and I've learned new skills. So do you think you would need experience after, after college before you go into startup or could you go right into a startup right after college? Oh, I think you can definitely go straight into a startup. Um, I think it was helpful to me to be in a bigger business first, just because you kind of, I kind of learned how to be a good worker, you know, like they, you have performance reviews and everything is very structured and it kind of, you know, you have to be there um, at a certain time every day. So I think those kinds of skills are really great to have, but you know, um, not everybody needs them to be successful. Um, it was helpful to me and I think that it does make you a, um, great employee. Um, but if you have a great idea and, you know, or if you have a very particular set of skills that you're really good at, I think you can go straight into startup life. Another part about startup life is that, um, it's not as, uh, stable as a like a nine to five job. So that is a consideration. So depending on si- your situation, it might not be that smart to go straight into a startup. But um, there's no, you know, academic reason that you wouldn't be able to. All right, Allie, thanks for that great overview. And we're going to get specific here. What is your specific area of expertise? I'd say my specific area of expertise is analyzing data and presenting it in a way that's meaningful to people. So like one quick example is that I um, recently wrote a um, article for a local magazine um, where I did an analysis on um, the price of homes within a 10 minute walk of metro stations. And then I created a map that showed um, which metros were most affordable to live near. So I had a question, I uh, used data to answer that question, and then I presented it in a way that people could understand and get value from. So do you have an artistic streak as well? Sounds like you're doing some visualization work. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> That is something that I have found along the way that that is something that 
uh, I enjoy doing more the creative work. And also, Ali, you've got a podcast of your own and a and a website. You could dig into that a little bit. Oh yes, when I so I was a, a more of a software tester and a business analyst for those um, more defined companies, like you mentioned. And then when I was on maternity leave, I started getting into data visualization, and I. Real, I just kept thinking, oh, I wish I was a data visualization designer and everything. And um, I had this, I I guess this is getting into my aha moment. <laughs> oh, no problem. Um, I had this aha moment where I was like, I, I found this quote that said, uh, you are what you constantly think about. And I thought, you know, nobody needs to give me the opportunity to um, be a data visualization designer. I can just think a lot about data viz and um, become one. So I started studying it, listening to data viz podcasts, um, reading books, becoming involved in the the community. And um, I actually started my own data viz podcast because I wanted to create one that I would want to listen to. I wanted to just see an example of a data viz and I wanted someone to break down what made it a great data viz. And so that's what I do. I take a um, really interesting data visualization that I see um, in the newspaper or on the internet. And I talk to the designer and I figure out kind of what their thought process was, what tools they used. And then I report back and um, have these short episodes. They're about 15 minutes long. And then I also make my own inspired viz um, associated with um, the featured viz. And I have just learned so much. And um, that's that's why I started the podcast, because I wanted to become a data visualization designer. And it's because I've learned so much and um, it's opened up so many opportunities for me. So um, I think that my aha moment was that nobody needs to give you opportunities. You know, you just need to um, start thinking a lot about it and start working towards it and eventually you'll become it. And Allie, if somebody wanted to find out more about that, where would they go to find out? Um, uh, You can go to my website, datavistoday.com. All right. Awesome. And Ellie, what's one thing that really has you fired up today? Just really fired up about how big DataViz is getting, you know, that we collect all this data and there's really um, no reason to uh, to not visualize it and turn it into action. You know, it, it, data doesn't mean anything to anybody if you can't understand it or see what it's telling you or turn it into action. So I am just loving how like even newspapers, they have these big graphics teams like the Washington Post and the New York Times, like they are really investing in data journalism because they see that there's a lot of power in taking data, visualizing it, telling a story about it. So Ellie, if you had to give some advice to, to STEM Nation, let's say we've got some students out there, juniors, seniors in high school, that are really into the arts and are like, you know, I'm, I'm an artist. I'm not, I'm not an engineer. I'm not a STEM professional, right? Mm-hmm. right? I'm not thinking about STEM because I like art. Mm-hmm. What type of advice would you give to them as far as it relates to computer science or mathematics and art all intertwined together? Another amazing thing about the data viz field is that people come from so many different fields. Like there's a lot of computer science people, you know, people who are coding. Um, there's journalists who, you know, don't really have a STEM background necessarily. Um, and then there's also artists and graphic designers who are getting into data viz. So I would say a easy step if you're going, if you're an artist and something like this is interesting to you, but you're a little bit intimidated by kind of like the math and stuff. Um, I would start looking at infographics first because that is more, um, the difference between infographic and data viz. The infographic is more of those like long form 
uh, graphic design pieces that you see um, on the internet. Um, that's you know usually about one topic, and you'll it kind of has some icons and maybe some data visualization like a pie chart or a bar chart, and it kind of t- gives you information. And those are more would probably give your artistic ability more a chance to shine, and then you can kind of be dipping your toe in what it's like to create um, some basic data visualizations. Um, and I would also recommend taking some sort of basic, you know, statistics tutorial online, you know, just so you can start understanding um, kind of what a proportion means and um, the mean, median, mode, you know, just kind of some basic, basic math terms so you can start getting used to it. But and the more you do it, the more it'll become second nature to you and uh, you can start expanding the complexity of your visualizations and your infographics. Yeah, Ali, thanks for that great overview. And we're going to switch gears here a little bit and trying to get through college. So mm-hmm. math, to me, it was challenging. You mm-hmm. know, I was, I'm was i a double E, so I went through about four <laughs> semesters of math. Mm-hmm. And I was glad when that was all done and you continued on. So what do you wish you knew when you're 18 heading off to college to help you get through college successfully? Well, I think the you know, the basic answer, answer, you know, go to study hours <laughs> when they're offered, because if you just suffer in silence, you know, that's not helping anybody. Um, but the thing that I wish that I had done in college that would have set me up better um, in my career is that I wish that I had paid more attention to what I was passionate about. Um, I guess I just assumed that I would, it would just come to me or someone would tell me what I'm passionate about. But really, you just have to, when you're taking all these uh, different types of classes and doing different projects, there will be aspects of it where you just kind of get lost in it and you're like, I could do this all day. And if you're not really cognizant of that, you know, it's not going to, you're, it's just going to pass by and you're not going to realize that that was something that you're passionate about and maybe you should start pursuing because if you can you know, have a STEM career, that'll set you up great because, you know, you get instant cred from, for being able to, you know, do analysis. And, um, but if you don't know what you're passionate about, you can't then translate it into a career that you're going to feel really fulfilled in. So I would say, I wish that I had just been more cognizant of what I was passionate about in all, when you get in college, you get to dip your toe in so many different things. So just really think about what, um, what lights your fire and what what is super interesting to you because that's unique to you. As you transitioned from college, thinking about what you really liked in college and into your professional career, what are some skills or attributes you think are important for STEMers to be aware of as they transition from college into their professional life? In the past few years, I've started um, mentoring and um, managing interns and new hires. And one thing that stands out to me um, between the people that have I've really enjoyed working with and people that I haven't, the people that I enjoy working with, they do a 100, they put 100% of their effort into every task, no matter how boring or if they think it's too easy for them, they just always do 100%. And I think that some people feel like, you know, some tasks are, are below them, but as a boss, you know, if your um, your intern or your new hire can't seem to do an easy task, there's no way you're going to give them the cool projects. So I would say a great skill to have is to be able to buckle down and do the tasks really well that you find, you know, inconsequential or boring because they do need to be done. And if you can do those well, you're going to 
quickly rise to the top and get the cool projects. Yeah, Allie, that's great insight for STEM Nation. And STEM Nation, listen to what Allie is saying because she's in the position where she's monitoring and mentoring younger students and mm-hmm. young professionals. So take her advice. And Allie, we're going to take a quick pause and thank our sponsor, Audible, who is offering a free audiobook. You could head over to stemonfirebook.com. That's stemonfirebook.com. To get a free audiobook of your choosing, if you decide to cancel within 30 days, there is no cost and you keep the audiobook. And Allie, it is lightning round time. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? The best advice I have received is actually from Maya Angelou. Um, She has a great quote. She says, success is liking yourself, liking what you do, and liking how you do it. And I just always use that as my guiding star. And a personal habit that contributes to your success. I time box all of my activities because I have found that if you have a a task to complete and you don't have a time that you know that it should be done, you know, it'll just take as much time as as you have. So I, when I sit down to do something, I decide what I'm going to produce at the end give myself an hour or however long I think it's going to be done. And I make sure I finish it and I plan another activity after it. So I know that it just has to be done. And a favorite internet resource or phone app? My favorite internet resource is actually a Twitter account. It is um, at Becoming Data Sci. That This is a Twitter account by Renee Teat. And she actually runs a summer of data science every summer, which is great. She, she has the whole Twitter community come together and they make um, people make their own data science goals. And then um, throughout the summer, they post about what they're doing, like they're learning a new programming language, they're learning how to do machine learning, all these different things. And then people help each other and um, share share their goals. So it's a wonderful learning opportunity and great to be part of the community. Yeah, STEM Nation, check out this, the show notes and that information will be in there. And Ali, if you could pick one book to recommend, what would that be and why? My favorite book is called Data Points by Nathan Yao. It is just a wonderful, accessible um, introduction into data and data visualization. Allie, and we are about ready to wrap up. If you could share a parting piece of guidance for STEM Nation, and then we will say goodbye. I would say that just remember that no one owes you an opportunity. Um, a A STEM major will give you, like I said, great instant street cred um, that you can solve problems and do analytical work. But in the end, you need to get out there, figure out what you're passionate about, um, set goals for yourself and focus on telling people what you're good at. And you'll have a very successful career. Allie, and with that, we will say goodbye. All right. Thank you so much, Jeff. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed that chat today with Allie. Head over to stemonfire.com, subscribe to the email list to keep up with the latest happenings, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player. And please share it with a friend. Tune in next week we talk with Chris, who is a field applications engineer. Until next time, I hope this chat has helped ignite your passion towards a STEM career.